from the Beantown Athletic Studio in Boston, this is the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, March 2nd, 2017. And yes, I say Thursday, for the second straight week, a Thursday edition of the podcast, which I guess brings me to some news I have to begin the show. We used to do Mondays and Fridays. Now it's going to be Mondays and Thursdays. That's right. Mondays and Thursdays. No more Friday podcast. The second podcast of the week is now going to be broadcast on Thursdays. If you're watching live on Facebook, thanks for doing so. Uh, if not, you can get this show whenever you want at dannypicard.com. Also on iTunes, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are available. But yes, every Thursday That is when we are going to be broadcasting the second podcast of the week, two a week. Uh, Friday was good. It's just we would like the show to be available on Thursday night and early Friday morning. I've heard some complaints from some people who enjoy listening to the show as they go to work. And some people upset that it's not available to them on Friday morning. We usually record Friday morning. So what we're going to do is we're going to listen to the people. Okay? I'd like to think that... Perhaps I am the voice of the voiceless, the voice of the people. And uh, when they complain and say they want this on their iPod or their iPhone as they head into work on the number seven bus going to downtown Boston on a Friday morning, then, you know, that's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give the people what they want and they want to listen on Friday morning. So we're going to start recording the second podcast on Thursday afternoon. And it is Thursday, late morning, early afternoon on this March 2nd. And I should tell you, today's show presented by Beantown Athletics, your number one source for screen printing and embroidery. From designing to printing, Beantown Athletics does it all. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now to get a free quote for your customized apparel. Today's show also presented by DraftKings. You can play for free right now at DraftKings.com by using my promo code PIC. That's P-I-C at DraftKings. There are no season-long commitments. Just pick your contest, draft your team, and follow the action live. And even though football's over, there are huge prize pools every single day when you create a lineup for NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, soccer, golf, NASCAR, MMA, you name it, DraftKings has it. They have something for everybody. Set up a private league, or if you're new to DraftKings, join a beginner contest. Either way, start your new season right now at DraftKings.com. And again, use the promo code PICK. To play for free, that's P-I-C. Again, play for free with your first deposit, DraftKings.com. Pete, what's going on? How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. What's good? up? Ready to rock and roll? Oh, yeah. Yesterday oh, yeah. was a busy day. There was a lot going on yesterday. You had the NFL franchise tag deadline. Teams had until, I think it was 4 o'clock to put the franchise tag mm-hmm. on an NFL player. And here locally in New England, we were looking at the New England Patriots. And... Uh, seeing if they were going to put the franchise tag on Dante Hightower. They did not. Uh, We had heard about that a couple days before, that they were not going to do this. So to no surprise that yesterday the franchise tag deadline came and went and the Patriots did not uh, put it on Hightower. We had heard it a couple days prior. Um, But seven players, the franchise tag was put on seven NFL players and just a couple notables, Kirk Cousins, I think is a Le'Veon Bell, Kirk Cousins, Le'Veon Bell, the two most notable players, Chandler Jones for the Cardinals. They slapped the franchise tag on him about 15 mil next season. And, uh, you know, the Cousins thing is interesting because this is now the second straight year that Washington has put the franchise tag on him. Now, they could still move him. They could still trade him. But they're going to place it on him anyways. That's $24 million for next season. Now, if you're a player, you obviously want the multi-year deal, right? So when maybe there's a little bit of panic in this town at first when it comes to the Patriots not putting the franchise tag on Dante Hightower, I kind of take a couple steps back and I look at it and go, if Hightower doesn't want the franchise tag and you want to have a good negotiation, a good, solid, fair negotiation with Hightower and his agent or agents and his people, then I guess the first step would be to maybe not franchise him. You know, you could look at it and say, hey, you put the franchise tag on him and it gives you more time to work out a deal so that he doesn't hit free agency next week. He can't test out the market. um, Or at least, you know, another team can still 
make an you know give a contract sheet. You just have to give up draft picks, the first round pick to get him. I don't think that's going to happen. But you didn't franchise him, and maybe perhaps Hightower likes that. Perhaps Hightower's agent likes that. Says, all right, you're not going to franchise tag. So this is this is a good negotiation to begin, and uh, we'll see where it goes. But I go back and forth as a Patriots fan. Of course, I want to see Hightower back. Of course, I want to see the Patriots give him the money that I feel he deserves based on the fact that you already traded Jamie Collins. You already previously traded Chandler Jones. Malcolm Butler's a restricted free agent, but he's not going anywhere. Uh, I would like to see them give him the contract as well. Hightower Butler. I do not think it's too much to ask to bring both of those guys back. That said, if Hightower does not return... Am I going to sit here and look at this and go, Patriots are done? They can't win without Dante Hightower? I'm going to have a tough time doing that based on the fact that the Patriots continue to win every time they get rid of some guy that we think is an impact player or at least know is an impact player on this team. The Patriots find a way to use that next man up philosophy to, to, to basically confirm to us that that is a real thing, that that works for this team, for this organization, for this coaching staff. Not just for this defense, but also for the offense. And um, I guess I have a tough time really coming on this show and getting too worked up about it, seeing that the Patriots continue to win, be competitive, and be in the conference championship game, regardless of what type of move they make. I'm under the belief that as long as Brady and Belichick are running the show, then the Patriots are going to be competitive to the point where they'll win the division, and they'll get a first-round bye, and they'll get to the AFC Championship game. I mean, that's a successful season. So um, I guess I'm not going to get too worked up about the high tower thing right now. Let's see how this thing plays out. Because let's be honest, we don't know what the fuck the Patriots are thinking at no, any time. No, we don't. So uh, Belichick was at the Celtics game last night. Yeah, I saw him there. Uh, there's another Patriots story. Do you think that's why they won? Why, the Celtics won? Yeah, just because Bill was um, there. No, I'm going to get to the Celtics <laughs> because I, I, I just... Isaiah Thomas, 31 points last night and a win over the Cavaliers. It's a huge win. It's another huge night for Isaiah Thomas. Avery Bradley returns. Has a huge defensive stop on Kyrie Irving late. I have no idea why they're not giving that to LeBron. You know, I have no idea why LeBron James isn't taking the final shot there. But um, it's Irving. I mean, he's a great player, but he's not LeBron James. So I'll get to the Celtics. But yes, I'm trying to go over what happened yesterday, starting from early in the day. You know, you had a lot of football news early yesterday. You had the franchise tag deadline. You had the NHL trade deadline. Bruins did something small, which I think they had a nice day. Bruins had a nice day, and then the Celtics beat the Cavs. I'll get to the Bruins. I'll get to the Celtics. But NFL-related stuff, the day sort of opened up yesterday with this story that Adam Schefter reported that the Patriots would not trade Jimmy Garoppolo. They will not be trading Jimmy G. That, according to ESPN's NFL insider, Adam Schefter. Now, Adam Schefter is somebody that certainly is in the know. He's somebody that has a whole lot of connections. And if you read these quotes and listen to what he has to say, he first tweeted it out, then he went on radio stations, then he went on TV and confirmed his own report, which was that the Patriots will not be trading Jimmy Garoppolo. And there's no question he's getting this news from the New England Patriots. Now, I have questions about this report. That said, knowing how good Schefter is at his job, knowing how many connections he has, and knowing that, in fact, he's so adamant about this report, and he's pounding his chest about it and confirming his own report on multiple outlets, you know, this is coming from someone in the Patriots organization to Adam Schefter. That said, I have questions about it, but I'll give you those questions in a a second. Let's hear the audio. This is Adam Schefter after he tweeted. I think he then went on WEEI after that, and then he went on ESPN. Here's Adam Schefter on ESPN basically confirming his own tweet that the Patriots will not be trading Jimmy Garoppolo. This morning, essentially, it's come out that the New England Patriots are not expected to trade their backup quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. And what's interesting about this is a few different things. It changes the quarterback landscape, because it now means players like Mike Lennon, A.J. McCarron for the Cincinnati Bengals, who's not free, but the Bengals could get close, are now in more demand because there's one fewer quarterback available. And a lot of people may think, well, the Patriots, maybe they'll continue to listen to offers. No, I'm telling you right now, they love Jimmy Garoppolo. They're holding on to Jimmy Garoppolo. They view him as somebody that they want around. 
they know the value of quarterbacks, and they're not in the market of getting rid of 25-year-old quarterbacks, even if they have a year left on their contract. Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be traded. All right, there you go. Adam Schefter. Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be traded. Uh, he points out some other quarterbacks who now could be made available. And um, that might be, you know, he might be right with that. The other quarterbacks that, that could be available. A.J. McCarron is one of them. I, I don't know. Um, he knows the Patriots know the market of quarterbacks and says they're not in the market of getting rid of a 25-year-old quarterback. Even if that 25-year-old quarterback has a year left on his contract, Garoppolo does has this se- this coming season, one year left, okay? One year left in his contract. But I keep stressing to people, after that one year, he can choose to do whatever he wants. And I'm sorry, if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, I think people need to get this through their heads. He does not want to be a backup quarterback. If Jimmy Garoppolo had his way right now, he would be a starting quarterback in the National Football League right now. He would be on a different team knowing that Brady's going to be the Patriots starting quarterback next year. I don't think that's a, a tough thing to comprehend. That's, that's not a difficult concept here, folks. The kid knows he can play in this league, and he wants to play, and he wants to be a starting quarterback, and he wants to, the contract of a starting quarterback. You're not going to get a starting quarterback contract as a backup in New England. So what Schefter is basically telling us is that the Patriots – You can't, you know, if you call the Patriots, you can't have Garoppolo. That's what he's saying. But again, I point out, this is coming from the Patriots. Clearly, right? This report is coming from the Patriots organization. Here's what I know. If Jimmy Garoppolo is traded, this is what I get out of this report. If Garoppolo ends up being traded, you know who's going to break it? Adam Schefter. You know why? Because Adam Schefter possibly is helping the Patriots right now publicly get the King's ransom that the Patriots want for Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, do you think that Bill Belichick is calling around the league going, hey, we got Garoppolo and he's available on the trade? No. You know why? Because that would kind of make him look desperate, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it make Belichick look a little desperate if he's making the calls for Garoppolo? I do believe other teams are going to call. But I think what the Patriots are trying to do with this leak to Adam Schefter is let it be known to the rest of the league that it's going to take more than just a call and some interest and a couple picks. It's going to take a godfather offer to get Jimmy Garoppolo off their hands. That is basically what the Patriots told Adam Schefter. And Schefter is reporting that he's not going to be moved. I will guarantee this. If Garoppolo is moved, which again... I still think he can be, and I still think that if the right offer is on the table for the Patriots, they will move him because, to me, it's just, it makes no sense to keep him around. Now, if he if the Patriots are not getting the big offer for Jimmy G, like if they're not even getting a first-round pick offered to him in a trade, yeah, you don't move him. I mean, then at that point, you're like, hey, we'll keep him around and we'll, we'll see if, if something happens to Brady, then, then he'll be the guy. Um, you know, maybe you franchise him. You have to you have to franchise him to be able to trade him next year, right? After this season, since he'll be a free free agent. I don't think they'd franchise him and keep him around twenty million as a backup quarterback for one season. So maybe you franchise him with the purpose of still trying to trade him, but then you lose leverage as well if if you're the Patriots. You don't want to make the calls and you wanna make sure you get a pretty good deal for this kid if you are gonna move him. So I think what you do is you leak a report, you leak something to some, to a reporter that says we're not moving him, we're not trading him, we just it's not going to happen. We value him too much, we like him too much, we want him on our team. And I think this is a message to the rest of the league without Belichick getting on the phone and calling other teams and other organizations, and he's sending this message to the league, which is hey, they like this kid. If you want him, and we know you're going to call, you better bring your. Your king's ransom, your godfather offer. I think this is exactly what it is. And you know what? If the Patriots get it, because of what we're seeing right now, I'm going to guarantee you that Schefter is the one to break it. Right? Because what what happens if Schefter breaks the report of a Garoppolo trade? Are we going to look back and say, oh, Schefter screwed up. He got it wrong. Probably not, because he'll be the one breaking the news on the Jimmy Garoppolo trade. Um, I, I just, for people that are going to take this Schefter report and say, that's it. There's a 
there's a Belichick and Brady. They're not on the same page. Brady wants to play for the next four or five years. Belichick doesn't think he can because he's holding on to Garoppolo. And he's telling Schefter he's holding on to Garoppolo. I just, I just need, I think you need to, you need to think a little bit more about this situation. And how things work maybe behind the scenes and also when it comes to some type of public negotiation, leverage, you know, there are things that you can do and I think leaking, report, leaking things to reporters to get the message out or to get a certain word out. I mean, look, would it be the first time an organization used a reporter to gain leverage in some type of negotiation, whether it be free agency or trade? No, it won't be the first and it won't be the last. So let's not act like everything Sheft is saying is gospel to the point where, and I'm not trying to tell you that Sheft didn't get this from the Patriots, that he's making it up. He probably did get it from the Patriots, okay? Probably did. But I think when the Patriots tell him this, there's a certain method to their madness, and it's not Jimmy G's untouchable and you can't have him for anything. If somebody calls the Patriots and says, hey, you know, we're going to give you um, a first-round pick this year, a first-round pick next year. I mean, if they give multiple first-round picks, and then it's something else, what, they're going to hang the phone up on him and say, nope, we already told Adam Schefter that he's untouchable. We can't go back on our word. No, that's not going to happen. Um, I still think the Patriots are going to trade Jimmy G. And I think what they have done by leaking this to Adam Schefter saying they're not trading him is letting the rest of the league know that if you are going to call us with the trade offer for Garoppolo, it better be the best trade offer you have ever given out in your entire life. Because we love him. And we value him so much that we just don't even want to trade him. You're going to have to make him available. That's basically what the Patriots are saying. So... Um, I wrote a column in the Boston Metro. I linked it on my Twitter account. Make sure you read that. Uh, and and I, I break it down a little bit more. But I think when, when, when you take a look at the franchise tag deadline yesterday and NFL free agency beginning next week, and we get set for, we get set for the new NFL league year you know, we look at certain guys and, and we look at certain moves, and I won't lie, like some, a lot of the things that we'll be talking about in the next week are not going to happen. Like a, there'll be a lot of things that we think should happen that won't happen. And look, do I think Garoppolo eventually be traded? Again, I think it makes the most sense for the Patriots as an organization if they're going to stick with Brady to do so. But um, I, I, I just... There are other stuff, there's other things around the league that you're going to watch ESPN, NFL Live, they'll be talking about that won't happen. Uh, trade rumors, you know, free agent signings, guys going here, guys going there. Like, there are guys, like, Revis has been cut. Oh, people saying, oh, will he come back with the Patriots? No. Um, there'll be certain running backs, like Adrian Peterson's going to be a free agent. He's not coming to the Patriots. Like, let's, don't even, don't even waste my time with that. But you'll get people who will bring this stuff up and talk about it, and things will be unrealistic and things won't happen. Garoppolo is sort of one of these fantasy, you know, fantasy thoughts that we have. And that gets me back to the Schefter report, which is why when I see him report this, I think to myself, well, what is this, like, what is this report in response to? Is it just in response to us talking about how, it would be realistic that Garoppolo is moved if the Patriots are going to stick with Brady? That's it, right? I don't recall the report. And Pete, I don't know if you could tell me this, but do you recall a report in which the the Patriots said they were shopping Garoppolo? Have you seen this? Did Shefty say anything? What do you mean? Because we're not getting any news other than from Shefta, So No, but uh, from anyone else. Like, no. Was there a report the last three weeks that no. was like, Patriots are shopping Garoppolo? No. Because if there was, then, I don't know, maybe the timing of this would make more sense to the point where, all right, maybe, they aren't, maybe they're telling the truth. Maybe they're not moving them. But like, if the Patriots are giving this to Shefta, what is it in response to? It's really in response to just us, not just me and you, but everybody in the media who's thinking with an open mind during the offseason, like, well, what could this team do? What could that team do? And Garoppolo comes up because it is kind of a common-sense move for a Patriots team, again, that looks like they're going to stick with. Tom Brady, who's the the reigning defending Super Bowl MVP, is still playing at an elite level. You heard the reports that they were going to extend him. So, 
you know, I, I don't even know what this is in response to. And do the Patriots really care if that we're all talking about Jimmy G and a potential trade? Like, would the Patriots really care about what the public thinks, about what they could do? No. So I just, it's, it's not in, the only thing this is in response to is internal stuff, which is some of the offers maybe they've already received that are kind of lowball offers. And they say, you know what? Let's send a message out there through Schefter. If you come to us, don't waste our time, okay? We're keeping Garoppolo. I don't think other GMs look at that and go, all right, I won't give him a call again. If I'm a GM now, I give him a call and go, look, I know what you're saying. We've tested out the rest of the market. There's nothing really there for us. We'd have to be giving up too much to get Romo. Um, you know, I just, you know, the Bengals want nominal leg for McCarron. We like your guy. Let's do something. I, I don't think the Patriots are going to hang the phone up. So, um, that's what that's one of the things we had going yesterday. Then you had the NHL trade deadline. Bruins, they did the right thing. They held on to the young players. They added a veteran forward, Drew Stafford, from the Winnipeg Jets for a 2018 conditional sixth-round pick. Stafford, 31 years old. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent at season's end. Uh, he's a longtime Buffalo Sabre, as, as you know, if you're a Bruins fan. Former first-round pick, 13th overall in 2004. The Bruins, they host the Rangers tonight. So, look, this is a good trade deadline for the Bruins. It's not a move that I think is going to get them a Stanley Cup, but I think that my mindset and Don Sweeney's mindset should be on next year. And next year with some of these young defensemen, you know, taking another step in the right direction, another year under the belt, getting some experience, and even now, hopefully, getting some playoff experience. You know, you want that playoff experience for the young kids, for Carlo, for Colin Miller. I hope they keep him in the lineup in these spots, and I hope they don't go with John Michael Lyles, uh, de- you know, a, a defensive veteran. I don't want that. Give me Miller. Give me Carlo. Play the kids. You get into the playoffs. Vetrano, Spooner. You know, get them playoff experience. Pasternak, get them some playoff experience. That's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. You know, the, the, the Bruins, the one thing I didn't want to see them do yesterday is trade a Colin Miller or a Kahlo or a McAvoy and, or one of these young defensemen to go out and, and get a veteran who maybe would help you a little bit more than Stafford. I think the Bruins right now know their role. And what yesterday told me is that maybe, just maybe, ownership isn't running the show right now. Because that looked to me like a Don Sweeney business type, realistic, common sense approach rather than ownership wanting to just get into the playoffs and they don't care about next year because they just want to get into the playoffs right now. Like, I just, I think the Bruins did the right thing yesterday and I don't even care about Stafford. I'm not even saying that with Drew Stafford. I'm saying the fact that they didn't give up any of the young kids tells me that they get it right now. And that's a good thing if you're a Bruins fan. They get it. Now, some some pl- some players on this team who don't get it, and I think need to shut their mouths. One, Ryan Spooner. Yesterday's, or two days ago, whenever it was, is, you know, he answers a question. I get it. He was asked a question. But he knocks Claude. Claude Julien. Look, Claude's gone. All right? It's over. You're going to, a couple weeks later, you're going to come out. I don't care if you're answering a question. I don't care if you're asked a question. You're going to... You're going to say and and whine and cry that the other coach didn't trust you? That's where you're you're going? Now, Vetrano went on, I think it was 98.5 The Sports Hub today, and he said a similar thing. Though, Vetrano actually said he didn't have a bad relationship with Julian. He didn't knock him as much. I think Vetrano kind of was in a tough spot, was asked the question, was being grilled about it. And he did say, well, you know what? Claude trusted his veterans a lot. He trusted his vets. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think Vetrano was telling us something we didn't know. But, and I don't think Spooner was either. But Spooner just sounded like a whiny little bitch when he did it. And it's just like, shut the fuck up. Like, like, what you, like go drown your sorrows at Lincoln or Loco on West Broadway in Southie. Like, you know what I mean? Go sit at the bar by yourself and, and, and cry to someone there, okay? Go sit at the bar at Lincoln and cry to someone about how Claude Julian didn't trust you. I hate hearing that shit because it's like, if, if you're not going to, like, if you are going to get that bounce in your step just because you have a coach that trusts you now? It's like, first of all, you should be trying to go out and earn the trust, right? Earn the coach's trust. And it just, now you hear this and it kind of, kind of looks like what it felt like then, which was Spooner was a kid who maybe 
couldn't handle, couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle maybe a coach that was challenging him nonstop. And he bitched about it. And now he's still bitching and Claude's gone. Shut the fuck up. Go out and play. You got all the talent in the world. Go play. Don't bitch about the old coach. Nobody wants to hear that. Okay, nobody wants to hear that. In fact, it's not just a bad look for you right now. It's a bad look for you when you think about how he was playing under Claude Julien. Sure. Was he, you know, could he could he have been used in different ways? Could he have been used more? Especially, what, last year, the year before? Yeah, I think so. You know, I, we were asking for more Spooner while, while he was either up on the ninth floor or down in Providence. We're like, why don't they play this kid more? Well, Claude had a lot to do with that. But... You know, you're going to come out now and say, well, he didn't trust me. And if you're whining about it now, you must have been whining about it even more then when he was here instead of going out, maybe doing something about it on the ice. Like if the coach doesn't trust you, you know what you should do? Be the first one at the rink. Show up the next day. Don't be a Lincoln on West Broadway crying about it. Speaking of spoons, you see his teeth? You see those chiclets? No. He's missing a bunch. Is he? Front. Oh, yeah. What, Claude crack him? <laughs> He's missing a bunch. Claude choke him out? Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it just lo- it's a terrible look, man. It's a bad look. What did you think when you saw that? Here he is right here. Um, felt like the last coach, um, he just didn't really trust me and it might have been kind of on me. Um, it's not playing to the potential that I have. And um, at the same time, too, though, um, I just don't really think that he liked me as a player. And um, I mean, again, it's kind of in the past now. And um, yeah. It's got to be tough. I mean, just shut like, up. Why, why, why even say Why? It? Yeah. I know he was asked the question, but it's like, why? Like, where, where does that get you? And, and I, so, Vetrano wasn't, it wasn't as bad with Vetrano today, but um, I, I just, nobody wants to hear that. You know, go out, you guys, are pl- you guys are playing great right now. Your GM just did the right thing at the deadline. You know, I would love to see this team in the playoffs. Love to see some playoff hockey again in this town. Get some experience in the playoffs. Get back to it next year. I think next year they show up to the rank in September. And guess what? I think I think they'd probably be one of the favorites to, to come out of the Eastern Conference. Honestly, I think the way that they handle business at the deadline and then some of these young defensemen that they have moving in um, and taking over. Honestly, I think next year is going to be a, a nice year for this Bruins team. I just, nobody wants to hear you bitching right now about what happened with the last coach. Move on. Let's move on. Um, so that's what you have with the Bruins, a nice trade deadline for them. Forget about Stafford. Just the fact that they didn't give up any of these young defensemen is something that I love to see. You know what? I I mean, if you wanted to dish off a player or two for a pick, given some of the asking prices that were out there, at least some of the trades that we saw made leading up to the deadline a couple days before, I would have been okay with that too. You know, shaving off some pieces, getting a couple more picks. I would have been okay with that. They didn't. I'm not going to get too worked up about it because the most important thing was don't give up the young pieces to get some type of veteran. Um, you know, to, don't give up young pieces to bring like Jerome McGinley back. You know what I mean? Like, don't do anything like that. It was a lot of rentals at the deadline, and I'm 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 just I think they did the right thing. A conditional pick in 2018, a sixth rounder for Drew Stafford. You know what do you have? 21 goals last year. Not having a great season this season, but. It's, it's somebody that goes in that third, fourth line that's a veteran presence that maybe holds some of these younger kids accountable. You know what? It's funny because someone like Spoon is bitching that the last coach didn't trust him, but the organization goes out, they bring in a veteran forward to be a bottom six forward, and it's like, all right, this should be a, this should be a kick in the behind, though. Like, how do you respond to this? Because, you know, you might have some type of battle for playing time, some of these younger kids. And, you know, you, you don't want to hear bitching about the old coach. You just want to see them show up to the rink and, and play the way we know they're capable of playing, regardless of who's the coach. Like, I hate that. I hate that. And I, You know, I, I, this goes back to, and look, I'm not saying I'm a fan of every coach or I think every coach does a nice job or I think every coach is in the right with every decision he makes. But, you know, if there's some type of beef as an individual with the guy that's either behind the bench, on the bench, you know, the coach, the manager, you know, you don't you don't have a good relationship with that guy. I mean, I I think the only way at that point where you can improve the relationship is going to do your job. When I see guys not doing their job or stop doing their job, or I, I see a relationship and a bad relationship with a coach or a manager prevent them from from doing a good job. That tells me more about the player than it does the coach to the point where, like, I don't even know if I want that player around. 
Like, I don't know if I want you on my team if you're going to have that type of attitude when the going gets tough. I want you to be I want you to be a kid when the going gets tough. You lace up the work boots, you show up to the rink, you put your hard hat on, and you go to work. And maybe you fix some of the defensive things that the coach wants you to fix. So this all just kind of shows me that those kids didn't want to do it, and they they pissed and moaned about it, and they they whined about it, and they're still whining. It's a bad look, man. It's a bad look for someone who has that much that much talent. I don't want to see it anymore. I'm not running them out of town. I'm just telling you, shut up. Nobody wants to hear it. Okay? You got a new coach. You're doing a nice job. The team's improved. You're an exciting hockey team. Your GM just made the right moves at the deadline. For the first time in a long time, I'm sitting here about the on-ice product and the front office decisions, and I'm saying I'm okay with everything right now, and now you got to come out and bitch about the old coach? Shut the fuck up. Nobody wants to hear it. Jesus Christ. So, Bruins tonight against the Rangers at the TD Garden. NHL trade deadline was yesterday. And then last night, let's get to the Celtics, shall we? Because... Isaiah Thomas, another joke, just an, I tweeted this last night, just another night with 31 points for IT. I mean, if he's not an MVP candidate, you don't know what, you don't know what you're watching, okay? I think there are people who don't want to consider Isaiah Thomas an MVP candidate. These people don't want him to be one. They don't want him to be one. They don't want the team to give him a max deal. They don't want Danny Ainge to build around Isaiah Thomas. And these people, I just will not understand any of their logic ever. I just, we're not going to be on the same page ever with this game. With the with the game of basketball, we just won't. Um, I, Isaiah Thomas last night, the Celtics beat the Cleveland Cavaliers 103-99. Make no mistake about it, Avery Bradley's presence defensively. I know he had a big three with like a minute 20 left. But Avery Bradley's presence defensively on that drive against Kyrie Irving just had him down on the baseline. Irving couldn't do anything to the point where I'm going, LeBron James is wide open up top. Why wouldn't you dish it out? Because Jay Crowder came down and almost, you kind of try to help Avery Bradley out a little bit. And LeBron James was wide open. You know, if you're a Cavs fan, you should be yelling at your TV going, give the ball to LeBron. Give the ball to the best player in the world. Give it to him. And the fact that you won't do that and you decide to try and go one-on-one and play hero ball against one of the best one-on-one defenders in the league, which Avery Bradley is when he's healthy, that's a bad decision and that's a bad look for Kyrie Irving. Irving's a great player, but he is not LeBron James. And LeBron James should have had that ball late in that game as Kyrie Irving tried to dance around and try to, you know, cross up Avery Bradley on the baseline. There's not enough space down there. Crowd is coming down to help. You got to jump up and dish that ball out to a wide open LeBron James. He didn't do it. Big stop though from Avery Bradley, and um, an even bigger shot though from Isaiah Thomas. An even bigger shot because Corva just hit the three. You're exchanging threes. You got Bradley the three, the Corva three, and then Isaiah Thomas who worked himself open. All right, Marcus Smart up top. Isaiah Thomas baseline gets the baseline screen, comes back up top, worked himself open, and 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 I see him get open like that and get that shot off the ball. And I don't think to myself, go draft a point guard because Isaiah can play the two. I think to myself, this is the type of stuff that he needs to do in the playoffs. Because after this game last night, as great as a win as that was, as great of a game as Isaiah Thomas had with 31 points, I had to go, I had to read on Twitter from people who cover the NBA, by the way, like guys who were supposed to know what they're talking about. Get paid to talk about the NBA and cover the league. I saw people on Twitter last night, respectable people, people whose opinions I respect, try to tell the Twitter universe that Isaiah Thomas, he had 31 points, but, but in the playoffs, it's going to be a little different. What do you mean? What was that last night? That was a playoff game against Cleveland. And I know... J.R. Smith wasn't out there. I get it. But, you know, let's not start calling J.R. Smith one of the best players in the league all of a sudden. Um, Listen, what they did to Isaiah Thomas last night, Isaiah Thomas adjusted to it. They gave him some fits last night. 
But I give credit to Isaiah Thomas and Justin to the double teams. At times, you saw three guys on him. They were being physical. Every screen, they were bumping. They were hitting him with an elbow. He was driving to the net. He'd have two guys on him. He was taking the contact. He wasn't hitting. He wasn't getting the and ones, but he was getting to the line. He wouldn't stop driving to the hoop. And then he hit the big shots from the outside late. I don't know what else you want from Isaiah Thomas. And if y'all looking at that game last night going, well, it's going to be different in the playoffs. I got news for you. What Cleveland did last night or tried to do to him last night, they are going to try to do to him in the playoffs. They are going to try to be physical. They are going to try to bang him and knock him around. They are going to try to, you know, make him have to get himself open and find that open space and work himself with an open look without the ball late in the game in a final possession and hope that, you know, somebody else has to find him rather than him running around and making it, making that shot himself. They made it hot on Isaiah Thomas last night. That was, to me, that was playoff basketball. And that was a playoff basketball strategy against who I think is an MVP candidate right now. And Isaiah Thomas put up 31 points. We're not going to acknowledge that. Or we're going to start throwing a butt after that. He had 31 points. But look, I have turned into Isaiah Thomas's biggest defender in this universe. Okay? Not just the Twitter universe. The entire world. And, um... I don't know why I have to do it. Like, I, like I, you know, I, after this game last night, I'm watching UCLA after play Washington. Markel Fultz did not play. It was supposed to be Fultz versus Ball. Fultz did not play. He's hurt. He's got a knee injury. Lonzo Ball. I don't know if it's his father. I, I can't stand the kid. I can't stand him. I don't know if it's because his dad. It's just the way he runs around, and he's like, I don't know. There's just something about him. I don't like him. And um, he's, an, he's a good player. He's a nice player. I think he does some things, though, that he's not going to do in the NBA. Like, like he is underneath the basket, like on a full-court press, and he's trying to slap the ball out of a guy's hands, and he slaps it, and he's, like, manhandling this kid. This, like, other little freshman who has no idea what's going on. Like, he's not going to do that in the NBA. He's not going to be manhandling people like that in the NBA. Not Lonzo Ball and his size. People think about size of Isaiah Thomas. I told you the other day on this show, Lonzo Ball, his... Legs look like toothpicks, like they could snap at any moment. Like, I just, and on top of it, because of his dad, I, I, I honestly, there's something about him. Like, I just don't like him. Um, but uh, I'm not knocking his, his talent, his skill level, but I watched that afterwards, and I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm on Twitter, and I see like, oh, Isaiah Thomas had a nice game, but, and why? Like, why do I have to? Like, why do we even have to defend Isaiah Thomas against people? I, that's what I don't understand. I don't, I'm, I'm just not going to understand it. I'm not going to get it. Um, and this brings me back to the trade deadline strategy. And look, people will say that, hey, this win against Cleveland shows you last night that they, they made the right decision by keeping everyone around. and keeping this chemistry together, keeping this group together. And I guess I look at it and I go, I'd love to see them still add the elite score to play with Isaiah Thomas rather than keep that pick. I would. And don't tell me if you add that pick, if you add that pick to a, to a trade at the deadline, there's a trade to be had. And maybe they still move it. But you see the type of potential that they have with Isaiah Thomas playing this way. I, I, I just... I'd like the Celtics to see it and build and want to build around that and the people in this town that necessarily don't and maybe use certain situations to knock Isaiah Thomas. Like in the post game last night, the second segment they did, they were talking about how Isaiah Thomas didn't really look like himself. Like, what are you talking about? Like, what does that even mean? He scored 31 points and he hit the biggest shot of the game late. Wasn't himself. That shot was almost from like half court. What do you too. want? For, that, that was, was a bomb. That was honestly Steph Curry shot. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a four pointer. And, and he's hit a lot of those this year. He's hit a lot of those this year. He just turned twenty eight. I, I don't think his career is coming to an end anytime soon. And for the people who keep trying to tell me, oh, you can't give a max deal to someone that small because his body's not going to hold up in his career. What did I tell you the other day, Pete? I said. Who are the guys in the NBA that I have more concerns about when it comes to their, phys- you know, their... The, the big men. The big guys. Yeah. The knees. The, the knees. Big men. Their legs. Yeah. Joel Embiid. 
Out for the season. Arthritis. Oh my God. Out for the season. <laughs> Knee. I mean, this kid, it's gonna he's gonna be like Odin. Man. He's gonna be like Odin. The big kids. I have more concerns about the big kids. Yeah, you said that earlier. I felt bad, man, thinking about that. Poor kid. Comes out hot. Now he's getting called. Oh, Odin. indeed. The Odin. process. Oh, um, you know, it's just and another injury, another setback. I feel like he played at Kansas, right? Embiid, that was so long ago. It feels like so long ago, at least. Like, that feels like 10 years ago when, when Embiid was playing in college. And we have not seen a large sample size from him in the NBA. The sample size we've seen from Embiid, it's been pretty damn good, especially this year. Or just this year. But that now he's out for the season. And, you know. Graduated three years ago. Um, he's 22. Oh, it felt like 10 years. He's it 22. feels like 10 years ago with yeah. Embiid. But, look, um, I'm, I'm more concerned about the big guys and their legs. And not Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas goes out, he takes a beating like that last night. He'll be back in the gym today, shooting threes, driving a hoop. Like, he's fine. I, I, I'm not scared. Of, I'm, I'm not afraid of the little guys and their bodies and, and how they recover and how long they play in this game. I'm more concerned about the big guys and their knees. And he's not just sitting on the outside, man. He drives to the hole all the time. And it's and he gets there. And then when he doesn't, he dishes it out for another wide-open three. And that's another awesome. adjustment he made last night. It's awesome. Last night, he made some adjustments. He realized that they were just swarming him underneath the basket. He was driving and dishing. You know, the question is, are y'all guys going to hit that shot when he dishes it? You know, there were some moments last night where they, could, they couldn't hit him. Um, but, you know, but they, I can't complain too much. But they hit him late, yeah. They hit him you know, late. They hit him when they, when it, when and they the, needed to. And the late. Cavs didn't. And, um... I, I just think that Isaiah Thomas made the proper adjustments in what I thought was a playoff-type atmosphere, what I thought was a defensive strategy by Cleveland, which was basically, you know, let's let's knock him. Let's, let's hit him whenever we can. And let's try to give him fits that way and disrupt his rhythm. And you know what? At times it did disrupt. But Isaiah Thomas adjusted. And I thought he adjusted in what was a playoff-type atmosphere. And I think to sit here today or last night after that came and go, yeah, but it's going to be different in the playoffs. That was the playoffs last night, okay? That was the playoffs last night. This is Isaiah Thomas coming into his own as a player, as somebody who's been given the opportunity to play 30-plus minutes a night, who's been given the ball and say, take over the game, you're the man, okay? We need you. He's, he's, he's somebody that I have seen learn from his mistakes, and he learned from his mistakes last night early in the game to the point where I'm watching him going, this is... This is a, a, a performance from Isaiah Thomas that I didn't think we would hear any buts afterwards. But you did. I, I, and from people who cover the NBA, who I'm like, what are, what are we watching here, folks? I think it's people who don't want to see him succeed. You know that? People don't want to see him succeed. They don't want, here's the deal. And maybe, the, you know, you might say, hey, coming from a little guy. No, I'm telling you right now, nobody wants to see the little guy succeed. Little guy up against the world, yeah. man. Hey, that's the way it is. That's reality. It's like true. It. It's real. Nobody wants to see the little guy succeed. You the little I... guy. The little guy. Nobody does. People who cover him. People who cheer for the team. I'm convinced there are people who literally sit there and go, yeah, but you can't give him the max deal. They don't want him to get the max deal because they don't, they don't want him to succeed. They think this is a fluke. It's not. Isaiah Thomas is a beast, okay? Get used to it. And if that didn't show you last night, the 31 points, the game-high 31 points, then I don't know what will. I know you're saying, well, show it to us in the playoffs. Look, fine. Get to the playoffs. Let's see. I still think when they get to the playoffs, they're going to be lacking that other elite score in times in which, you know, look, you're not going to have a perfect night every night. You're not going to have a perfect night every night. So that's why you need that other guy. And that's why I think Cleveland is definitely better suited in a seven-game series because when they're on nights that maybe either Kyrie or LeBron doesn't have his A game, well, the other guy, either Kyrie or LeBron, you know, is going to have a better chance to do something. The Celtics, who's that other guy? All right, Avery Bradley can hit big shots, but, I mean, are we uh, first of all, we put money that he's going to remain healthy the entire season. Second of all, are you putting money, if he is healthy, that he's going to be you know, an offensive beast for you. He's a good player offensively. But he can hit some big shots. But I'm not going to consider him an all-star elite scorer. Avery Bradley is best suited when he's out there for defensive purposes, like last night against Kyrie. That's where he's at his best. 
The Celtics need that other elite score. I, I, I think, I mean, even though they win last night and Isaiah hits the big shot, I still think they need that guy. Um, that's where I use the but. Not the but Isaiah needs to do it in the playoffs. I mean, last night, last night, to me, was a playoff game. That had the feel. You had LeBron James going to the net. When LeBron James went to the net and threw the ball, dunked it, it was like WWE, wasn't it? Wasn't it like WWE he when he comes in and, and dunks it? The Garden's a special place, man. That there, I'm telling you right now, when guys pick places to play and they hear that building like that last night, even on TV, I think it, you know, the hair stands up on the back of your neck. At least it does for me. Like, even when LeBron dunks and you hear, like, the, oh, like, the boo. Like, that's, like, WWE shit right there. He's, like, a villain. A WWE villain. He plays um, it well. So. Did great. you see him go into Linda? Oh, and Belichick. Yeah. 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 He, he ran into he Linda. He stopped. It was. It was, like, uh, it was like out of the WWE. Yeah. I thought Bill was going to get up. <laughs> uh, Blunt was there, too. LeGarrette Blunt. What if Blunt got involved? I saw him talking to Bill. I don't know what that was about. Free agent. Whoa. Now, now a free agent like Eric Blunt. We'll get into some NFL free agency stuff the next couple weeks. Uh, NFL free agency begins next week. But NBA-wise, the Celtics last night, huge win over the Cavs. And, um, I mean, anyone who wants to even think about criticizing Isaiah Thomas, I, I just I don't get it. Like, anyone wants to throw the butt in there, I hate it. And the fact that I even have to think about defending this guy after a 31-point night and a win over the Cavs, it's just insane to me. But um, that's where we stand. And right now, the Celtics in the standings in the NBA, number two seed, still three games behind the Cleveland Cavaliers, four games behind them in the loss column. So uh, we'll see how this thing plays out the rest of the way. But look, if you tell me that this Celtics team is a chance to get the one seed, you got to go get it. Because if you have a game seven against Cleveland at the Garden, it's a different game than having to go to Cleveland. Different story. Different story. Will they get there? I wouldn't put, you know, if that game going to be at the Garden, I wouldn't put my money on it. But um, you got a chance. You got a chance. What you need, you know, you'd like to see Avery Bradley stay healthy here down the stretch. We'll see if that can happen. I think the limited minutes have something to do with trying to keep him healthy. But, you know, Willie. Say healthy the rest of the season? I, I, I can't answer that question for you, at least confidently with a yes. I can't. So, because we haven't, we haven't really seen it. I, um, but make no mistake, his defense last night, and if you're a Cavs fan, I don't know how you're not yelling at the TV saying, give the ball to LeBron. LeBron needs to take that final shot. As good as Kyrie is, you see Avery Bradley on him. Who, Jay Crowder's on LeBron. He starts giving some help down low. But he low. dished it to LeBron, so, and he didn't take the shot. He had a chance to take a shot. Who? LeBron. LeBron. Towards the end, yeah. Oh, but they were but they were already no, down. Kyrie had it the was ball. after the free throws. Right. Kyrie had the ball. He had a chance to take the shot. After but not the Kyrie. No, but you no, know no, the, no, no. Kyrie had the ball. He dished it to LeBron. No. Yes. No. Just watched it again. What do you mean? I'm watching the highlights. No, that was after they got the rebound. They no, that was out. after Duran's shot to tie it up. Durant yeah, LeBron Williams. gave it down to Duran yeah. Williams. Yeah. yeah. That would have tied the game. That would that actually would have put them ahead. No, it wouldn't have. Yes, it, they were down by, no, oh, no, we, down by three. No, look at it again. It was just, a four. I just watched it. It was after the free throws, right? They fouled. No. No? No. I'm watching it right now. You're watching it right now. Right now. What's the score? <laughs> I wish you could watch it on the TV, but you guys <laughs> don't have cable for us 99, anymore. 99, you guys took away the cable. 90, you had Tony in here. 99-101. So Avery Bradley all over Kyrie Irving, not giving him any space. Irving with a miss. LeBron. Irving missed it. LeBron. Yeah, but. Passes it to the corner and Darren Williams. But Irving took the shot. That's right, what yeah, I'm saying. Saying, saying. Kyrie Irving took the shot I still. LeBron had a chance. But before Kyrie Irving took the shot, watch Jay Crowder come I down. Do. I see LeBron yeah. is wide open. I know, I know. Wide open. Yeah. Um, and I think at that point, it was, it was pretty hectic. And no, LeBron, there were two guys on him. But and, want- by the way, Isaiah Thomas, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas comes up, right? Plays a little defense on him. <laughs> yeah. Isaiah had a block yeah. last night, too, and they ended up calling a foul. 
or something. They blew the whistle. But I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. No, LeBron. LeBron before then, he, before Kyrie. I know what you're saying. Shot yeah. that. Mm-hmm. LeBron was wide open up top. He was. And you got to give that ball up to LeBron. Um, but you're right. LeBron did have another shot after Kyrie missed, but mm-hmm. he was swarmed. They swarmed. They put two guys on him. He wasn't as open as he would have been if Kyrie additioned to him before Kyrie shot it. So, and I know that. Yeah, then they kicked it out to Williams mm-hmm. down in the corner. He had a chance. And he missed. He had a chance um, to be a hero. You know, just a quiet first too. game, yeah, right? First game, first game with him didn't happen. He blew Cel- it. Celtics win. You blew it. Celtics win. And um, I'll wrap it up with this thought. I'll wrap up the podcast with this thought. Three words you don't want to hear. Pete, three words that you don't want to hear. I know it's coming. Dr. James Andrews. David Price had an MRI on his elbow. He's going to get a second opinion from Dr. James Andrews. He is scratched from his next start, which was scheduled for Sunday. John Farrell says the team is concerned. And the three words that nobody wants to hear that we're hearing right now, Dr. James Andrews for David Price. And uh, Pete's holding up the David Price bobblehead. Right there. Uh, I, I notice you're not putting in his dog. Ask, what's his dog's name? His stupid Astro. little dog. His stupid little dog in there yeah, on that Astro. bobblehead. Um, his dog's not stupid. The fact that it's on the bobblehead, I don't like. So, uh, David Price. Not looking good. Probably. If I had to assume right now what happens with David Price, I'm going to assume that this is Tommy John, and I'm going to assume that he's out for the season. Luckily, the Red Sox traded for Chris Sale, in case you forgot. But not good news coming out of Fort Myers today with Red Sox spring training as we jump on this show, as we are reading it literally the last couple minutes uh, all over Twitter. Dr. James Andrews is who David Price will be visiting to get a second opinion on his elbow. Had an MRI. It is not good. John Farrell says the team is concerned We'll keep an eye out for it, and I'll react over the weekend. I am on WEEI, I believe, Saturday and Sunday per usual here now that the NFL season is over. And just a reminder, just because the NFL season is over, that doesn't mean you can't still win big money at DraftKings. No, no, no. NBA, NHL, even golf, okay? In fact, as I record this right now, you have 10 minutes to get your Mexico championship lineup in. Pick six golfers, win big money, do it for free. You got to do it before noon Eastern time on this Thursday. So you can really, if if you're watching live on Facebook, make sure you do this right now. DraftKings.com, pick six golfers, and you my, use my promo code PICK, that's P-I-C, to play for free. I am here every Monday and now every Thursday instead of Fridays. Get the show on the podcast, dannypicard.com, iTunes, Google Play. Also, the live video simulcast on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash the Danny Picard Show if you're not already on it. I will be back on Monday on WEI over the weekend. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on here with Garoppolo trade rumors. I do not think they're going to die. I think... They might even just be kicking up after the Schefter report, to be honest. The Celtics have continue. The Bruins now. Trade deadline's done. Hopefully everybody stopped pitching about Claude Julien. And they show up to play every night, get into the playoffs, and then spring training. March Madness. It's going to be a lot going on soon. I will talk about all of it. Thanks for joining me. See ya.